Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're so thankful that we can gather together. We're thankful for all the people volunteering and working with our children and uh, making an impact and difference in their life right now. Lord, we're thankful that we can worship and sing your praises. And we pray, Lord, that you will make us people that love the Jesus way, love following you, love getting to know you, love uh, every part of what life is like uh, in, in pursuit of you. And we thank you so much that the Jesus way leads us to the great good news of the cross and your death on the cross where you took away sin, shame, and guilt and your resurrection where you gave us the hope of heaven and, uh, and uh, a resurrected life here and now through the power of the Holy Spirit. We invite you now to work in this service in each of our lives, in each of our hearts. And we pray that you will take my words and the scripture that I read and make an impact and difference in how we live. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. So if you look on the front of your program, again, you'll see we're in this series called Be Resilient. And being resilient is about standing strong in the midst of difficult and challenging times and all the pressures of the world. And one part of being resilient is this matter of commitment. And Laurel uh, led us off last week by talking about uh, one aspect of commitment. I'm going to continue that today. But commitment is really just that choice to say, yeah, I'm in. In fact, we're uh, coming up on one of the biggest commitments my wife and uh, my wife Darla and I ever decided on. Um, we had gone to uh, Bethel University here in the Twin Cities, went back to Green Bay, don't hold that against me, uh, and uh, I asked our home church, uh, Bethel Baptist Church, if there was a way I could volunteer over the summer. They said there's this church plant starting in uh, Shawano, Wisconsin, about 35 miles west of uh, uh, Green Bay, and they said, we're, we're looking for someone who will lead Bible studies, uh, go door to door and see if anyone's interested in coming and do some of the preaching. And I did that over the summer. They tried to call a pastor uh, right at the end of the, uh, at the first part of August. He told them no, and they, we, he told them no, right? It'd be like if we gathered in a circle, out in front of the building. We're out in front of the building in the circle. And he goes, no. And he goes, but what about the kid? They like the kid. I was the kid at that time. <laughs> Darla and I were going to get married on August 30, come back and finish, uh, finish up at Bethel. And the last thing I had on my mind was that I would live in Shawano, Wisconsin, and that I would pastor church. In fact, our moms were already mad enough, both our dads had died, that we were getting married at 20. And the idea that we would drop out of school and pastor a church, they, would, they just thought that was an absolute ridiculous idea. But they realized they had no choice. So the, uh, a guy named Elmer Johnson, who was the regional leader, called me up on a Saturday morning, and he said, either we're going to close Shano down, or you need to come and commit a year 
just a year to be here. And I hung up the phone. I called up Darla. I said, would you pray about it? And I said, call me as soon as you have a sense. Hung up the phone. Ten minutes later, she called up. Said, let's do it. What choice is there? And, and at 20, we committed to playing house as newlyweds and playing church as a pastor at 20 and a pastor's wife at 20. And we, we just said, we're in, we're committed. And you know what happens when you're committed? You look back 48 years later, like I'm looking right now, and go, it's just the best. What God has for you, the Jesus way, is just the best. So when I ask you to commit to stuff, it's not because stuff needs to get done. It's not even because money needs to be raised. You know what? When I ask you to commit to stuff, it's because I know deep down that it will take you on the Jesus way and it will be absolutely in your best interest. Now, one part of the Jesus way, and you can follow as I read this, uh, read these scriptures, was a community or relationship with other people. And I, I want to show you. So uh, we'll bring it up on the back of the screen. Uh, Jesus lived in community. The call to follow Jesus is a call to join his community. You can't follow Jesus alone. Now let me show you why I say that from Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets. They were committed and followed him. So these two brothers started following Jesus. Now look what happens next. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets. Preparing their nets. They'd pull on the net and see any weak spot, and then they would stitch in new netting to make sure they were strong when they put out for fishing. And then it says, Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boats and their father's uh, father and followed him. Now, you kind of go, what was Zebedee thinking? You know, this guy comes by and he goes, hey, you two, I want you to be my followers. Now, Jesus was known as a rabbi. And typically, you would go and apply to work or to be with the rabbi. Here, Jesus, as the rabbi, calls them. And somebody's going, how are we going to catch any more fish? But you know what I wonder sometimes is here they're going along. James and John, who are called the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. You think they might have some anger issues? I think they might have along the way. And they're going, Peter and Andrew are part of this? Because they're fishermen. They're competitors. They probably had had some healthy competition. And they're going, we have to follow with them? See, Jesus assembles this ragtag group of people together because he knew if people followed him and were together, 
that God would work in their life to bring about transformation. Community isn't just a, a, a nice way for us to have some friends and relationships. Community isn't even just a way so every so often we can have a better meal on a Sunday night than we'd have alone. Com uh, community is essential. It's an essential way that God works his grace to bring about transformation and change in our lives. It's part of the Jesus way. People that are on the Jesus way choose to follow and they choose to follow together. Now the second thing, if you were just walking through Matthew, you'd come to Matthew 8, 18 to 22. And this is all about following Jesus can be costly. Listen to what it says. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. It, all this huge crowd, they go to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Uh, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And in Jewish tradition, if, a, if a, a relative died, you buried them the day they died. So this had become a, a euphemism where people would say it to kind of stall for time. You know, oh, let me go tend to my parents. Let me go bury my dead father. And Jesus replies to them uh, in verse 22. He told them, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. In other words, you're just making excuses. Choose to follow. And there is a cost to following after Jesus. In fact, at one point, Jesus gathers his disciples and he goes, count the cost. You know, he tells them, count the cost and you'll find that it's absolutely worth following after me. Now, part of that cost Part of the cost of following after Jesus is staying in community. It's staying in relationship. There's a cost to being in relationship with other people. There's time, there's commitment, there's energy, there's, there's hurt, there's pain. Uh, one of a, a real good friend of Darla and, and mine, uh, Julie Yantis, um, she actually grew up here in Delano, um, uh, Julie became a Christ follower for, through Alpha that Darla was part of. She got pancreatic cancer. And for about the last 18 months, we've walked with Julie and prayed with Julie and, and cared for Julie. And you know what? It hurts. It, it hurts to see her get sick. It hurts to see the suffering she went through. It's so hopeful to see how she stayed close to God in the process. But Community isn't always easy. At times you have to forgive in community. You know, one of my favorite phrases in all of the Bible is when the Apostle Paul, and he says it multiple times, um, he goes, bear with one another out of love. Do, do you know what that means? Most people don't know what it means. It means you have unbearable people in your life, right? Isn't that what it means? 
If you have to bear with people out of love, it means you have unbearable people in your life. One of them might even be in the row that you're in or near you in close proximity. I know at times Darla goes, the unbearable one in my life is you at times. But following after Jesus comes at a cost. It's a worth it cost because we're changed, we're transformed. When we go through those hard times, we're made different. Now, let me give you just one last example of how Jesus and the Jesus way of following after him uh, played itself out. And here's the phrase. Those who said yes to Jesus and his community were across the social, economic, political spectrum and got into regular conflicts. L listen to Matthew 10, 2 to 4. These are the names of the 12 apostles. Simon, who was called Peter, his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, sons of thunder. Uh, Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector. If you've ever watched The Chosen, tax collectors were just absolutely hated. James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot. Zealots were trying to overturn the Roman government and in the process overturn the Jewish leaders of the day. And Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. See, the, the apostles were different from each other. Um, uh, the apostles, particularly at the start, were anything but mature and anything but perfect. In fact, Jesus believed that being in community would bring about growth and transformation. They, they were in regular conflict with one another. They talked behind each other's back. Um, right before Jesus is going to go to the cross, um, his closest followers were debating who will be the greatest. Uh, Peter says, though all else will fail you, pointing to all the rest of them, I'll go with you to the death. And Jesus has to go, sorry, Peter, you will deny me three times before the crow announces that it's a new morning. See, when we're in community, with other people, when we're in a church, when we're part of a ministry team, when we're part of a life group, there's going to be conflict and forgiveness and restoration. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous German theologian who was killed by the Nazis, said this, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. In other words, if you idolize it and make it perfect, you will destroy it. But the person who loves those around them will create community. You know what a lot about creating community is just going, this is where God planted me, so these are the people I love. This is, this is who he has for me, so these are the people that I'll serve with, that I'll care with, that I'll suffer with, that I'll forgive that I'll, I'll pray for, that I'll connect with, that I'll, I'll try to make a difference in their life as they make a difference in my life. See, committing to community is committing to the Jesus way. Now, it's interesting if you look at numbers in the Bible because Jesus had 
uh, 12 apostles. He had three that he kind of singled out for a little bit of special attention. Um, there were 70 sent out in twos as disciples to go to cities and villages ahead of Jesus. They, in the upper room in the book of Acts, there were 120 Christ followers that were gathered. I found that most of the time for uh, house groups, the gatherings we have, that that number around 12 is a, a good number. Or uh, grow it up, if you have a, a few extra rooms in your house, grow it up to like 30 people and have someone meet in the kitchen, have someone uh, meet in the uh, family room, maybe someone meet down in the basement, wherever you can. But get so you divide up into those groups of about 8 to 12 people. Now that primary purpose of a house group, and there'll be members of the house groups that we have at the Highlands out in the lobby, and you'll see the names of the different leaders. And you can go to talk with them and find out if there's a group that would be a good match for you. But the primary purpose of a house group is Christian community. You, you learn a lot in a house group, but that's not the primary reason that you do a house group. You tend to eat good food in a house group. I think I've eaten all kinds of great food in house groups. In fact, uh, sometimes I'll just visit different house groups just to get a tour of some great food. But the primary reason you're in a house group is to do life together. And I want to tell you, because you know what the, the biggest reason people tell me they're not in a house group? That their life is filled primarily because of their family. And I get it. I've got four kids and seven grandkids. We have a birthday party just about every month of the, of the year. You know, just, I, I could, my full-time job could just be managing my family. But you know what? Family is great. And, and family loves you. And family can be there for you. But I have found family seldom are the kind of people that will tap you on the shoulder and go, you know what? You're going the wrong way. You know what? You need help to change. You know what? I can help you and we can help you and be there for you. The primary reason that you sign up to be in a life group is to build Christian community. And I'm absolutely convinced that it's part of the Jesus way. And I am convinced, too, that it is absolutely essential. In fact, this is what I would tell you from my years of experience and all the different groups that I've been part of and all the people that I've seen that have been transformed because of group life. Just recently, I, I remember a guy who showed up at our men's fraternity at Woodridge on Wednesday morning. And he said, I've been thinking of coming for two years, uh, my, my wife signed me up <laughs> and said, woke me up and said, you've got to get there. And he just sort of rushed in. He had no idea what he was going to or what he was going to be about. And he just did this men's fraternity. We just finished up one of our sessions. We'll start another session in the fall. 
And he said, you don't know the difference this has made in my life. I'm a better husband. I'm a better boss. I'm a better dad. I have friends. I have people I know love me. And he kind of goes, why did I wait? Why did I wait? Why did I put off committing? See, you will never realize the full potential you have as a spiritual human being and as a follower of Jesus without robust spiritual community. So you know what I'm asking you to do today? Pray about it for 10 minutes. Long enough to get a cup of coffee and then go and sign up. Choose to be committed. That choice will add resilience to your life and make an impact on everybody you love. And guys, I would tell you, you know, uh, it, my wife is much better at joining groups than I am. But I tell guys, we ought to lead the way. We ought to lead the way in connecting together. And not just being fishing buddies or hunting buddies, but being, being spiritually knit together, a team for Jesus that can make a difference in everything we do. That's what I'm hoping for you. That's what I want for you. Because I know that will give you resilience that will help you stand through the test of time. Will you stand up? I'm going to pray. Our worship team will magically appear. And we'll get to sing some closing songs together. And uh, go out and enjoy some coffee. Meet with the house group leaders. And get in the process of getting more connected. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We sang that amazing song, The Jesus Way. We want it to follow you on the Jesus Way. And part of following you on the Jesus Way is about being connected in community. So will you help us to make the choice to commit and reap the benefits of following after you and doing life with other people doing life the way you described. Be honored by our praise and let your praise work deep into our hearts the truth of what we've heard. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.